Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How you doing, everybody? I'm Ken Bikeoff, and welcome to the Peaks Podcast, brought to you by the Upland Brewing Company, morning after Virginia edition. The Hoosiers head to Charlottesville and pretty much easily handle Virginia, winning 34-17 in a game that just just saw some fascinating developments that I don't think a whole lot of people uh, really imagine might be happening, especially this early in the season. You saw Richard Lego, who threw for 400-plus yards against Ohio State in Week 1. He ends up riding the pine, and Peyton Ramsey comes into the game. Redshirt freshman quarterback Peyton Ramsey comes into the game and really gives the Hoosiers offense a spark when they need it most. Ramsey goes 16 of 20, passing for 173 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and gives Indiana a little bit of a a burst on the ground. So we have a lot to pour over with this game. And uh, the Hoosiers are excited to pick up their first win of the season, but there is a lot to go through. But first, I wanted to bring you a word from our sponsor. For 20 years, Upland Brewing has been a Hoosier favorite, and now it's easier than ever to sample their award-winning beers. Whether you love Upland Wheat, Dragonfly IPA, Bad Elmer's Porter, or their Prohibition-style Champagne Velvet, or one of their new releases like the smooth, easy-drinking free-time lager in a 15-pack, there's something for everyone to love. And Upland keeps innovating. Their sour ales brewed at the Woodshop Sour Ale Brewery are barrel-aged with whole fruits and unexpected spices to provide a unique taste experience. And their tasting room and brew pub locations in Bloomington, Indianapolis, Carmel, and Columbus combine great food and great times with the local flavor. Upland Brewing Company. Good beer, good people. Come drink with us. While the Hoosiers... Got off to a slow start in Charlottesville. Uh, neither team scored in the first quarter, but most importantly was the fact that uh, Indiana's offense really couldn't get much going at all. Richard Lego really struggled with his accuracy, made some bad decisions with the ball, and just wasn't able to really get much going for Indiana. The Hoosiers' running game also struggled early on, and the decision was made by Tom Allen and offensive quarter Mike and coordinator Mike DeBoard to pull Lego out of the game, let him sit and watch for a little while to kind of get his head and his his mental focus back where it needs to be. And in the meantime, you had redshirt freshman quarterback Peyton Ramsey come into the game, and he almost immediately gave the Hoosiers a spark. His first series saw the Hoosiers pinned back in their own end zone, Indiana ran the ball up the middle three times and punted. 
but it was the next time that he came onto the field that Ramsey with his leg, more of a dual threat quarterback than Richard Lego ever dreams of being, Ramsey came in and really gave Indiana a spark on, on the ground, and he also did good enough with his arm to, to really kind of give the, the Hoosiers uh, what they needed offensively to start to pick up a little bit of momentum. He found Simi Cobbs for a couple of passes, uh, and he was managed to, to do just enough to keep the Hoosiers offense moving down the field. It, was by, it, was, it wasn't close to a dominating performance offensively, but Indiana really did a great job of excelling in all three phases of the game save for and special teams is fantastic you had griffin oaks kick a 51 yard field goal and a 48 yard field goal those were a huge kicks for a kid that that struggled at times last year jason harris uh, a, a kid who missed the past couple of years with knee injuries he had one little little uh, hiccup mental hiccup where he fair caught a ball at about Indiana's two-yard line, and that wasn't uh, the greatest thing, that greatest decision you've ever seen on a football field. But he also later managed to return a punt uh, for 44 yards and a touchdown to seal the game with about five minutes and 56 seconds left. At that point, Virginia was already down by 10 points, but Harris's touchdown uh, run on, on a short punt by Virginia um, sealed the game for Indiana and really made sure that there wasn't any kind of notion of a comeback. Indiana's defense also took care of business against the Cavaliers. Now, it, it wasn't a dominating performance uh, at all. You know, you had Virginia put up 314 yards of total offense, which is solid. It's not it's not incredible, but it's it's a solid job defensively. But uh, it really did a good job of stifling Virginia's rushing game. They ran the ball 25 times for just 55 yards. It's 2.2 yards a carry. Just never allowed UVA to get their run game going. And that forced the Cavaliers to really become one-dimensional, which was a huge key to this game. And the Hoosiers forced Virginia to try to throw the ball down the field, especially when they started to get a, get ahead. Tried to throw the ball down the field a bit more, and that was not exactly the uh, the strength of Virginia quarterback Kirk Benkert, who goes 39 of 66 overall, but just for 259 yards and a touchdown. And Virginia really didn't get any kind of real chunk plays. Now, you had uh, four plays in the passing game that were 15 yards or longer, nothing over 20 yards, and it just was was so different than what we've seen from the Hoosiers in the past when they have struggled to give up big plays and make mistakes defensively. And, and you know, and I'm the co-host of the post-game call-in show uh, after the game on the radio along with Greg Murray, and... One of the callers asked, what is it about this defense that has allowed Tom Allen to really build that momentum last year and continue it this year? And the answer that I gave is, I think it's as simple as trust. These defensive players really feel like they, they, they trust that they're, they're, the guy standing next to them is going to do his job. So they worry about doing their own job and not try to do too much on the field. And that makes sure ensures that they stay mentally focused and they do a good job of just, just making sure that Indiana doesn't give up those killer big plays. Against Ohio State, they gave up a couple of them and some of the guys hung their head. Ohio State was a different situation because of the, the level of talent, the level of speed uh, for that ball club. 
they, uh, you know, Ohio State's going to do that to, to teams. You saw them do that against uh, Oklahoma in a losing effort uh, at, at the Horseshoe on Saturday night. But you saw them give up, uh, score some some longer touchdowns, and bust some big plays on on the Sooners, a very good Sooners team. So that that's going to happen against that caliber of team. But the key for this one, Tom Allen's first regular season win as Hoosier head coach, is that. Indiana went to Virginia to take on a Cavaliers team that, by all rights, Indiana should beat. The Cavaliers went 2-10 and last season. They were pretty unimpressive in the season opener, a win, 28-10 win over William & Mary. Pretty unimpressive important performance for UVA. And the Hoosiers came into this game basically playing at a higher level than Virginia. And in the past, especially going on the road, Indiana has played down to the level of their opponent, and that didn't happen. Uh, Indiana was able to go out to Virginia, impose its will as the game went on, and roll to an easy an easy victory that saw them double up uh, Virginia's offensive uh, output. And when Tom Allen talks about breaking through as a program, one of the the things that he means is beating the Michigans and Ohio States and Wisconsin's of the world, and that's a good goal. But, you know, part of that equation is for Indiana to beat the teams it's supposed to beat, especially when it's on the road. And, boy, the Hoosiers did just that. You know, Indiana opens a season with Ohio State on the road to at Virginia and then home games against Florida International and Georgia Southern. Of those first four games, three of those games are very, very winnable. Ohio State, it was going to take a perfect effort for that one. It didn't happen. But going on the road of Virginia, where Indiana is as a program, going to -to back-to-back bowls, you should be able to go into Virginia and take care of business and walk away with, with a relatively easy victory. And that's exactly what Indiana did. So it was a nice step in what Tom Allen talks about breaking through. It was a really nice step for the Hoosiers uh, in, in that area. And it was just a, a great team effort for them to come in and be able to uh, to really handle Virginia in every facet. Indiana's defense played well. It played physical. It continued to swarm to the ball. Uh, it did. It continued to make stops. Even after passes were completed, there wasn't a lot of room for, for Virginia's receivers to maneuver in open space. They were brought to the, to the ground pretty quickly, and that kept Indiana from giving up a lot of big plays. On special teams, we already talked about how well they did. And then offensively, Indiana just kept grinding despite the fact that the running game was not great and the offensive line struggled again. And if there's any kind of red flag that comes out of this game, it is Indiana's continued struggles in running the football. And, uh, you know, that's going to be something that you're really hoping the Hoosiers can get on track over the next couple of weeks at home against Florida International and Georgia Southern because as it stands right now, that running game is a pretty serious concern. The Hoosiers ended up with 41 rushing attempts and ran for 121 yards as a team, but a lot of that yardage came later in the game. Uh, Morgan Ellison uh, had had a really nice drive where he finished some runs very nicely. He had 12 carries for 47 yards to to lead the Hoosiers. Ramsey with 12 carries for for, uh, 42 yards uh, and a long of 26, including a really nice touchdown run in which he scrambled very nicely. Then you had Mike Majette with 12 carries for 15 yards. Those were the Hoosiers' three top rushers, and 
again, much like the Ohio State game, that running game just didn't have a lot of room to roam. And and that's going to be the, the struggle and the challenge for the Hoosiers. They have to be able to open some holes and have a consistent running game because it simply has not existed over the first couple of, of games of the season, and that is, is, is certainly a concern. Now, I certainly give Mike DeBoard uh, plenty of credit and Tom Allen for making that switch to Peyton Ramsey uh, when the Hoosiers' offense was struggling and sticking with the redshirt freshman despite the fact you had, again, Richard Lego, who started all the games last year, had a 400-yard passing performance against Ohio State. Indiana went with the hot hand, and it was it was a very nice uh, boost of confidence for the redshirt freshman, and it shows that the Hoosiers are willing to go with a dual-threat quarterback and don't care about you know uh, what somebody has accomplished in the past. They're really focused on what he can do right now in terms of riding a hot hand and in how he fits the game plan and the opponent. You know, there are going to be other teams in the future that Peyton Ramsey, his style wouldn't be all that successful against. And so it'll be interesting to see if they they continue to go with Richard Lego, continue to go with this uh, by-committee approach. Uh, it's not quite a by-committee approach. Look, Richard Lego was terrible in the fir- uh, in his time in the game. He was all over the place, made some bad decisions, uh, just didn't look confident on the field. And Tom Allen wasn't about to let his his quarterback go out there and really take that beating in his confidence. He benched him, brought in Peyton Ramsey, and the whole idea of love each other, which is a big part of what Tom Allen sells to his players, was on full display at Virginia, as you saw Lego on the sideline, really cheering on his teammates, really not acting as if uh, as as if he was terribly bothered by being benched. There's no question that he was. Nobody likes to be uh, uh, to lose their spot, but how you react to that is as critical as anything else. And I think Richard Lego certainly led by example today in just how he reacted to taking a, a, a being sent to the sidelines in favor of Peyton Ramsey. He didn't pout. He continued to help uh, any way that he could, and it really set a very, very nice example for the team. Now, speaking of just reacting well, Indiana ran into a situation in uh, the third or fourth quarter in which in in which Greg Gooch, uh, defensive lineman, uh, he made a just an absolute beautiful hit on Kirk Benkert and uh, forced a fumble that was scooped up uh, and returned for a touchdown. Just just an absolutely beautiful play that was reviewed, and it was ruled that. Gooch had was called for targeting, wiping away the uh, the fumble, wiping away the score, wiping away everything that went along with it, and giving the ball back to Virginia. Two plays later, they score a touchdown uh, to pull within 27 to 17. Instead of it being 34 to 10, it was 27-17. And we have seen in the past Hoosier teams really collapse following a bad call like that. And make no mistake. This targeting call was just an absolutely atrocious call. The targeting rule is ostensibly to uh, to save uh, for player safety. You know, not, you don't hit with the crown of your helmet. Uh, you don't hit defensive players uh, in in an effort to to hurt them. Uh, I'm bothered by the rule because of the fact that it applies basically to quarterbacks 
and to receivers who are who are stretched out and, and are in a defenseless position. Running backs get hit with the crown of their helmet uh, all the time. Take helmet-to-helmet hit, hits. It is never, ever looked at. But for a quarterback, they look at this, and I, I was Gooch hit him basically with his forehead. That is not the spirit of the rule. That is not the intent of the rule. It is for, for more vicious hits, helmet-to-helmet hits, that uh, don't mean the guy just ducking his head just a little bit right before the hit. It was a clean hit in just about any other game that, that you watch. If it was Michigan or Ohio State or Alabama or USC who had made the hit or Clemson, that hit ends up on SportsCenter, including the scoop and score that that continued afterwards. That absolutely would have been on a, on a Sports Center highlight, and the game would have gone on. They certainly wouldn't have taken a, a touchdown off the board and wiped away a fumble. It was an absolutely atrocious uh, call, and it, it was an embarrassment, really, for, for that officiating uh, crew. And I give the Hoosiers a lot of credit for not hanging their head. They bounced right back. Uh, they Sure, they gave up the touchdown, but they, they also did not collapse defensively. They did not collapse uh, offensively. You had Jason Harris, who added the touchdown late to seal the, the victory. And it was just a very nice moment of mental toughness that uh, just showed that this team continues to mature in that, that portion of the game. This team never rolled over last year, but... For this situation, I have seen Hoosier teams kind of hang their head in the past, and that was something that just simply did not happen. Another nice thing to see was a great run after catch for a touchdown by Simi Cobbs. Uh, He made a grab and ended up, uh, it was a short pass, made some moves, and just made some dollars while he was doing it. It was in the second quarter, and uh, Cobbs just did a great job of weaving his way through traffic and getting to the end zone, showed the quickness that is going to make him a very solid NFL receiver someday in the future. And it was good to see him enjoy that kind of breakout where he didn't just use his size to get to the ball. He made some things happen after making the catch, and that was a really nice confidence booster for the Hoosiers as well. Another positive for Indiana was uh, their punter, Hayden Whitehead. He did a great job, seven punts, averaged 43.4 uh, uh, yards a kick, dropped four of them inside the 20, had one 50-plus yard uh, punt, and just did a great job of pinning Virginia back. I mean, it, he had a couple of those shot, those uh, punts. Looked like he took a nine iron and put them out there. It just, just the ball backed up great. It was just a great, great uh, performance by him. And he is turning into a weapon that the Hoosiers uh, certainly could be proud of. Defensively, I just wanted to also give a shout out to Jonathan Crawford, the safety, who finished with 11 tackles on the game. Chris Covington had eight tackles, as did Tigre Scales, as did Marcelino Ball. And those three guys, Crawford, a guy who helps out in run, in, uh, run defense a lot, uh, Covington Scales and Ball, these are guys that are very aggressive, that are not your cornerbacks, are not your deep safeties who um, make stops down the field. They really did a great job of helping and run support, and it showed that the Hoosiers aren't suffering big busts on the, on the on the defensive side of the ball. And the fact that they were able to to shut them down really was a very very impressive job for. Um, for that defense against, a, again, a Virginia team that held the ball for, you know, easily won the uh, the time of possession battle, 
I mean, they, they had it for 34 minutes and 53 seconds. They ran a lot of plays. Uh, total number of plays on the day for Virginia, 91. The Hoosiers gave up 314 yards of total offense. That's 3.5 yards per play, and that is an absolutely fantastic number, especially on the road. It was a nice performance defensively, nice performance on special teams, and the offense did enough to keep the Hoosiers comfortable as they score a 34-17 win on the road at Virginia to move to 1-1 one one on the season, and it was a critical one because it does keep Indiana on schedule when you look at the games that are that are winnable uh, to be able to get to those six wins without having to pull off either a major upset or or really uh, uh, score a, a win that maybe they aren't completely expected to, to win. This is the kind of game that Indiana hasn't always won in the past. They did this week, and it's a huge positive for the future. Well, that's all the time we have for the Peaks Podcast, brought to you by the Upland Brewing Company, Morning After Edition. I want to thank you for listening. I want to remind you to visit Peaks.com for the very best in IU football and basketball coverage you're going to find anywhere. Nobody covers Hoosier recruiting like Mike Pegram, Jeff Rabjohns, and Matt Weaver, so come be a part of a thriving and exciting community on the Scout.com network. You are not going to be disappointed. Folks, we're out of time, but for now, and for Mike, Jeff, and Matt, I'm Ken Bykoff saying thanks for listening, everybody.